Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and the gold. It might be the offseason, but we don't go anywhere. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, but what you should know by now, partners, is if you want to get involved with this program, we take your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reactions all via Twitter at Wesley Euler at DaBody52. DaBody. Arthur Motes, and this is the time, I'm sure I will say this again probably at the end of the show, but I will remind people that uh, it is Thursday, May 18th, as you and I record this edition of Blitz. And my wife, if she has not given birth in the next 48 hours, will be getting induced on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So where I'm going with all of this is this is going to be the last Blitz show for a couple weeks. OK, now there is the possibility that something major could happen in the next two weeks. And Moats and I are like, hey, you want to jump on the horn for 90 minutes? But in all in all likelihood, this is the, this is we're going to be taking a couple weeks off. Here is I'll have my uh, my paternity we're not leave. Gonna allow Wes to tap off of his paternity leave in the most important months of new mommy, new baby time. Okay, you said it. For anything sports related, okay? So even if he tries to hit me up, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be the good friend here, and I'm going to not answer my phone. I'm going to say, nope, if I don't answer, you can't do it. And there it is, okay? So you're not going to hear from him because he's going to be enjoying mommy and new baby, two baby, rolling action, you know? Yeah, man, take that time for yourself, man. Nothing is more important than family. You right. I like that right there, but you, you catch my drift? Yeah. I'm absolutely catching your drift, especially this time of year, right? Whenever this is the one time of year that, that we get some wiggle room from this thing. Um, if, if you'll recall, when we had our first daughter, she was born smack dab in the middle of October in the middle of mm-hmm. football season. But, Motsi, that kind of worked out all right because it was right before the Steelers' bye week. So. Yes. I took the two weeks off, but we were we did one show before the big game against the Browns. We made it work. Yeah, yeah this time I'm gonna take the, the the full two weeks. I think. Yeah, enjoy even yourself, the, man. Even if the Steelers sign JJ Watt, we ain't doing Mm-mm. a show. Mm-mm. Even if the Steelers weeks, sign Arthur Motes, we ain't doing a show. Oh, that's a hundred percent fact. That ain't happening. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> we uh, so we'll be we'll be uh breaking here for a couple weeks, but you know what? Don't worry. Um, OTAs is going on, so there'll be plenty of Steelers content for you to sink your teeth into. I know our our own uh, Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly uh will be doing shows from OTAs on SNR, so make sure you're tapping into everything that they are doing. Uh, as they will have all you Steelers junkies covered through all those OTA practices here that uh that actually just begin here in the next couple of days. I know, man. I mean, that is kind of the the part that, you know, we are going to miss out on, but for a great reason, you know, we we we, we definitely we'll make, we'll make the sacrifice, right? We'll make the sacrifice for for a new little Euler, a new little Euler rolling around here, man. We love that, but um, you know, 
it is going to be cool, though, for those guys to be out there, you know, practicing and getting back into the swing of actual football. Ah, and we love that, right? Out a doubt. And speaking of actual football, we have some real tangible Steelers roster decisions uh, to discuss here to get the show started today. we got a jam-packed show. We'll catch up with our buddy Brian Backo about an hour from now as well, too, of the Post-Gazette. But Motsi, some moving and shaking as it relates to the Steelers roster. And I'm going to make you proud here, all right? There's there's three names that I want to talk about that have been, okay. well, one signed to the Steelers who has no real, uh, you know, no past with, wow. with, with Pittsburgh and the Steelers. Another guy brought back to the Steelers who we're all very familiar with. And... Uh, someone that we're all familiar with who's been a, a pretty, you know, a pretty sizable part of the defense over the last two years has been released. So we know how we're going to do this, Arthur Motes. We're going to start on the defensive side of the football, all right? Because those prom kings on offense, they get too much loving all the I time. Agree. I would agree. But we'll talk about a certain quarterback and a certain wide receiver here in just a few minutes. But to start where it really matters on the defensive side of the football, Arthur Motes, it was announced by the Steelers. Uh just a little under 24 hours ago, actually, from when you and I were recording this Wednesday afternoon, it was announced by the Steelers uh, that they are releasing cornerback Akella Witherspoon, of course, has been with the Steelers for the past two seasons, 28 years old, um, came to the Steelers from the Seattle Seahawks after a few years with the Niners. Uh, during his time in Pittsburgh, he started seven games, played in 13. Um, and let's see here just real quick. Had four interceptions uh, during his time in the black and gold. So there's been additions at the cornerback position this offseason, right? You sign Patrick Peterson in free agency. You draft uh, Joey Porter with a pretty high pedigree pick, 32nd overall, Joey Porter Jr. And uh, you also take Ch- Corey Trice in the uh, in the final round of the draft as well, too. So, Motsi, initial reaction, initial thoughts on uh, Akello Witherspoon, a, you know, one of the more veteran guys along with Patrick Peterson in that secondary now being released by the Steelers. Well, I first must say I'm a little upset. I thought I was going to get the Corey Trice real game, no gimmicks. Corey Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now I feel like I'm able to talk about the DB room. But um, in terms of Akello being released, there's multiple layers to it. Am I surprised? No, because you talk about availability being your best ability. And he missed a substantial amount of time last season. You can't miss time while being highly compensated at a position that is of need and you not be available. That's going to be hard while they're adding new talent, both veteran and young. It just makes you become more um, expendable. Yeah. Because you're not viewed as the number one corner when we brought in a Patrick Peterson. You're not viewed as the future because we got a Joey Porter Jr., you're not viewed as the middle-class vet because we got Levi Wallace. Right. You're not the flyer in the late-round draft pick. That's Corey Trice, real name, no gimmicks. And you're not a true slot corner, but even with that, we already have a Chandon Sullivan who is a slot corner, but we also know that we got some other options to put in there. So when you factor in all of those things with the price tag, hmm. now you're looking at a guy costing too much, but not having enough impact, not having enough value, not checking off the supply versus demand box in the correct way. And when I think of Akello, like as a whole, his tenure here, this is a prime example of the NFL. A year, uh, two years ago, we're paying him. We're talking about he's going to be our guy, the future Pro Bowl, the future replacement for Joe Hayden. It's true. 
not even a year later, he's off the roster. When we talk about the, ser- uh, the severity of certain things, we talk about the detail in certain things, we talk about your availability, and at times it may come off like harsh. This is why. Because Akello's still a good football player. It's not act like he fell off a cliff and doesn't know how to play. No. But when you factor in the business, along with the last time we saw him on the field was against the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was not a pretty scene, it's hard to remain on an NFL roster like that. Right, right. And and to add insult to injury for <clears throat> for Akello specifically, we talked about a Patrick Peterson. We talked about a Corey Trice. We talked about a Joey Porter Jr. We talked about a Levi Wallace. But I'll even take it a step further, Wes. Luke Barku, we just signed it from the XFL, was with the Jaguars, came out of San Diego State, was playing in San Antonio, Brahmas, Witt, Hines, Ward, Joey Porter, and all them. They signed him. When you watch him play, he's Akello. That's the replacement. That's the Akello, let's take a flyer on him before way cheaper cost. Good length, good size, love his ball skills, had nine picks in one season, very ball QB aware, like we talked about with Akello and why he was able to get the interceptions. Part of the pros and cons to those type of players when you get your eyes in the backfield is you're going to be able to make more plays on the ball, but you're also going to leave yourself exposed potentially to some big plays, which we also saw happen, whether that would be A.J. Brown or if we're talking Nelson Aguilar, right? And we can go down to list of some of the other guys. Very Marcus Peters-like when you're talking about yes. the Baltimore Ravens, right? Yes. Very Marcus Peters-like. I think he's quicker than fast. But when you talk about a guy who plays with really good vision, really good reading, react skills, those are the things we talked about with Akello. Good length. Plays with good uh, physicality. When he's off coverage, he's able to read the quarterback. Man, he's able to attack the ball, trust his instincts. Those are all the exact same things we were saying. The difference is one costs four mil, one's going to cost vet men. So... For it's, an econo- it's an it's an economics yeah, decision. This is this is business. Like it sucks from the personal standpoint, but from a business standpoint, no, this is this is smart move. This is smart business. You already got your replacements, you got your high end, you got your low, you even got your middle class. Why pay four mil to a guy that you're hoping can come back and return to form? And we were still trying to figure out if those last five games from his first season were outlier or the norm for him. So we still have questions even with that. Yeah. But I, I like I Kello, think, though, man, because I think he's a good player, no, honestly. I do too, but you know, but you you have I mean, you, you laid it out very simply. You you have your upper class, you have your you have your upper class in Patrick Peterson, you have your middle class in Levi Wallace, you have your young guys now that you just drafted as well, too. And you don't really think a Kello fits into that. He does it into that into, unless there's something up his sleeve that we haven't seen yet, into that slot corner role now and the and the skill set that you need to play that in the modern NFL. When you combine that with the fact that I mean Motsi, he's he's played forget just forget starts. He's played in just 13 games for the Steelers over the last two seasons. So that's about half, maybe not even qu- not even quite. So how do I depend on it? So when you're when you're kind of deemed surplus in terms of what your role is going to be in the secondary, you combine that with the fact that you haven't been readily available for the team. You haven't necessarily been Terrell Edmonds in this conversation, right? <laughs> and uh, and they can save a little bit of money on this as well too. I think you're right. It's nothing personal. It's just business. It's just economics. Akello is a is a is a nice player. 
Um, and I think he'll find a landing spot in the NFL, but just uh, was, the, was the right time to let him go in Pittsburgh. I think when, again, like you laid out all the other business that they've done and what they have there now currently in that position group, we do obviously though wish him all the best as, uh, yeah. as we, we hope he's able to stay healthy and, and stick on somewhere. Well, cause you wanted to land on his feet. The challenging thing for Akello is literally going to be his market because of how much he had just got paid. That's technically his current market right now. But we saw in terms of availability along with production, it didn't necessarily reflect that, which is why we made the decision that we made. So he's going to kind of be at that crossroads of do you take less prove it deal type concept or do you try to stand on I've earned this dollar amount? And if it's not this, then I'm not willing to sign that. That's going to be, you know, where where he's going to have to have those personal discussions. But yeah, man, the NFL, man, it does not wait. It does not wait on you. It does not you at know? all. It's I certainly... mean, it's just crazy how fast things could change, man. No, What's absolutely. A year later. And, One and year later, man. You know what? Things change very fast in this league. You've said it before, like kind of tongue in cheek, jokingly, but because it's true, the NFL stands for not for long. That's, you know, one of those one of those things that we hear from time to time. Mm-hmm. Well, that pendulum can always swing back the other way, too, right? Where yeah. it doesn't work out for you at a certain location or a certain opportunity. Maybe it does somewhere else. And I don't know. Maybe Hakeem Butler is a guy that fits that bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you folks like what I did no. there. I mean, how about that transition? Professional, <laughs> baby. Hakeem Butler was a guy who was uh, drafted in the NFL in 2019. Fourth round pick of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, bounced around a little bit. He was with the Panthers for a little while, with the Eagles for a little bit, Motsi, and then was out of the league, played in the Canadian Football League for a couple years, and then just played with the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL. St. Louis Battlehawks head coach Anthony Becht, former West Virginia tight end. There's always a Mountaineer connection that I got to get in there somehow, Motsi. You know it. (laughs) The Battlehawks had a really good season, made a run in the playoffs. You know, one one of the better teams this year in this first year of the rebirth of the XFL. Hakeem Butler, a huge part of their success, um, I believe he had eight touchdowns on the season. You could argue he was the best wide receiver in the XFL. Well, guess what? He's getting his shot back now in the NFL as the Steelers have signed him as well too. Motsi, still just 27 years old, just turned 27 actually this week. His birthday was earlier this week. So just turned 27 this week, uh, had three really productive seasons at Iowa State in college. Uh, tell me how you're feeling about Again, a guy who came into the NFL with some promise, didn't necessarily work out for him, took a route to get back here now and is and is getting another opportunity. Well, actually, I'm a little sad that you shouted out all these people and didn't even shout out Uh-oh. Bruce Gretkowski, the Uh-oh. offensive coordinator for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Like, am I missing something here? We, we just shouted out Bruce. every single... Well, I get to talk about the head coach, all right? I'm... No, no, no. You, you talk about an Eagles connection here or this. And I'm like, yeah, Bruce, like me, Bruce. Bruce, like you highlighting the offense, you're highlighting his production at wide receiver. Who's drawing up these plays? Bruce. Who's calling these plays? Can 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 the Bruce Gronkowski get some love? If that's if, if, if that's all right, you know? Yeah, man. Shout out to the dog, Bruce, though. And shout out to AJ McCarron, who was the quarterback for Hakeem, man, because he was also delivering some beautiful passes, man. And it's ultimately allowing Hakeem the opportunity to really flourish. Um, when you watch Hakeem, though, man, big speed, elite talent, um, played up to his potential in the XFL. It was good to see. Um, good catch radius, good right up the catchability, not elusive in the sense of, like, I'm going to shake you, but 
a tough tackle because of how hard he plays. Um, in terms of, you know, when you're talking to King, you watch him in the XFL and you're asking yourself, why isn't he in the league? The big thing or the big knock right now is just the consistency. To me, when you think of Hakeem from a catching standpoint, he's not George Pickens in the sense of elite hands. He's not Chase Claypool either. He's closer to a Martavis Bryant. The problem is we know what Martavis, right? He was going to have some real weird catches. He was going to have some drops, but he was also going to be able to have them explosive plays. For Hakeem, he, at the NFL level, hasn't been able to always come back with an explosive play after the negative. Whereas in the XFL, he was a lot more consistent, a lot more um, just even across the board. And you could just depend on it more. So I think that's a bigger reason why he's getting this opportunity and why his numbers reflected that. And hopefully for him, man, he's motivated because this is essentially, you know, his last opportunity at getting it going in the NFL, you know, because he's had to take this journey to get back in it. So I just hope in that capacity, he's able to continue this trajectory of production that we're getting from him because the talent is there. When you talk about a guy with his size and speed, that's tough to find. Oh, yeah. It's tough to find. But you got to make it actually produce. And for him, unfortunately, it doesn't start at wide receiver for him. You got to beat out Miles Boykin on special teams before you can even that's touch the point. field as a wide yeah. receiver. Because I got some depth at that position. Yeah, that's that's. I wonder like part. how many options he had and if he decided to come to Pittsburgh because it is it's. You're not going to an area like if I'm a, if I'm his agent, I'm not sitting there and saying, oh, yes, yeah, sign with the Steelers because they got nothing in the wide receiver room. Right, right. right. Like, it's like that's it's not one of battle. our deepest positions out here. Yeah, but certainly. At the same time, he brings a certain level of no, different skill of, set. Skill set. Right. Six, I'm like, six, you're five talk, and four, four speed like that. You could play him. You play him outside like George Pickens as a Z wide receiver, which is more of your vertical downfield threat. You're. Uh, goal balls, your uh, posts, your post corners, right? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you can also put him in the tradi- the non-traditional slot role, which we've seen with Chase Claypool. We've done with Juju Smith-Schuster. But we'll put a big body receiver to kind of go, instead of the speedy element being the advantage in the slot with smaller receivers like Steven Sims, uh, Ray Ray McLeod, Gunnar Oshesky, Eli Rogers. Now we're trying to say, well, let's go with the bigger size mismatch. And now instead of me running away from leverage, I'm just throwing over top of it like we saw with Juju, like we would see with Claypool at times. Mm -hmm. And shoot, even George Pickens for a little bit, um, they would sprinkle him in there last year. I think Hakeem can give you some of that versatility because right now you look at our slot receivers. They're back to like the traditional small jitterbug. What we thought of ten guys. years ago yeah. as a slot, the, the the you know the Julian Edelman types, right? Yeah. Julian Edelman, Wes Wilkers, right? So Hakeem could give us some uh, some flexibility here to go size versus just the speed and quickness in the slot. So I do like the pickup. I think it's a low risk, super high reward potential. Yeah, but for him, he just has to stay consistent, man. Stay consistent. Got the talent, certainly does. You know, if you're if you're someone who's a football dork and you're in love with the regular seat, and I mean that in the best way possible. Mozi and I are football dorks, but yeah. you're in love. You're in love with I the regular season. Geek. I prefer geek. Dork. Just throwing it out there. 
Both yeah. those terms, though, nerd, all those terms, they used to have such negative connotations. Yeah, now it's like yeah. a cool thing. Now it's like a cool thing yeah. to be a geek, to be a dork, to be a nerd. So yeah, I'm a nerd. Cool yeah. To be geeky, man. yeah, I'm into yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm into Star yeah. Wars. What, what about it? Um, If you're somebody who loves not just the games and the season, but everything else, right? Training camp and the combine and the draft and all these different things, you'll you'll certainly remember uh, Hakeem Butler's name. Like we said, 6'5", 4'4", speed. Hey, I'm willing to work with that. Just turned 27 years old, like I said, this week. So plenty in the tank. He will be certainly one of those that uh, that I'll be looking forward to seeing when we get out to lay trobe for lay training lay. camp since uh, since we will not be at OTAs this year since I am uh, about 48 hours or so from welcoming a second child into the world. Well, my wife is. I, along with my hey, wife, all right, she's doing all the work. work. She's doing all the work and everything. We, it is teamwork, but it's teamwork in the sense of like group project teamwork. And I'm the I'm the, you know, the jabroni who did five percent of the work and she's the really smart one carrying the class doing ninety five percent of the work. But yes, teamwork indeed. Mozi, few minutes here uh, before we got to go to break. The third and final roster decision move. I, I almost said shake up, but it's not really a shake up. It's bringing back a familiar name. Uh, maybe a guy that we'll see throwing the football to Hakeem Butler during OTAs and training camp. Certainly Mason Rudolph has re-signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, once again, you know, going to be QB three, you know, behind Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, we would all assume unless something changes injury or performance wise. Um, there had been some discussion, you know, are they going to let Tanner Morgan vie for that spot? Could they bring in some other people? There had always been whispers that Mason was a possibility to return. He, uh, he has, as he, as it was announced by the Steelers yesterday, reported by some before that, but officially announced by the Steelers yesterday that Mason Rudolph has re-signed with the black and gold. Monty, there's a lot of hot takes everywhere on this, I feel like, but I, I, you and I have always said this. I, my opinion hasn't changed much on this. I, 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 I'm fine with this. If, if Mason Rudolph is your QB three, you've got a strong quarterback room because he, whatever you think about him, he is a viable quarterback three. You know, one who's won games in the NFL, one who is a professional and knows what it takes to prepare. I know a lot of people don't like this, but I don't know how you can get fired up about this. If, if, if he's your QB three, I, like I said, I think you got a solid quarterback room. I agree. <laughs> I, you already know how I feel. I'm not ever trying like if he's, to. If, let's West. go worst case scenario, yeah, right? Yeah, if yeah, something happens, you. something happens to Kenny, okay? And then you mm-hmm. got Mitch out there. If 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 Mason Rudolph is your break glass in case of breaking glass mm-hmm. already, like don't you think you think the 49ers would have loved to have Mason Rudolph last year when they're when they're putting right. wide receivers and Christian McCaffrey back in the backfield to play quarterback? I just I don't understand the outrage over this. It's a solid it's a solid pickup for a QB three and a guy who is familiar with the team and the offense and the organization. Wes, you already know my energy. I'm not trying to convince people. Nope. If you want to take that approach, go for it. If that's your energy, go for it. Hope you enjoy. You know. It's going to make yourself work a lot harder. It's going to make your head hurt a lot more. And then eventually you're going to come back and realize, oh, they did know what they were talking about. But I can assure you, we are not trying to convince you. We're not trying to change your mind. How many quarterbacks have won multiple games in the NFL right now that are listed as third stream guys? Your third stream quarterback is typically like a practice squad guy. A Tanner Morgan. Like a Tanner Morgan. Yep. Exactly. Show me definitive proof where Tanner Morgan is better than Mason Rudolph today. Not speculation, not I hope, not I feel, not because I've seen this. No, 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 no. Definitive. You can't. 
because he's never done it. Mason has. He's won multiple games in the NFL. It's like it's comical at times because that is what the industry does become at times. You know, it's more so let's not really focus on like facts. Let's not really focus on the tape. Let's not really focus on the things that are legitimate. It becomes more, let's just talk about the opinion and make that opinion be more reality than what the actual reality is. And Mason is debatable, a uh, uh, worst case two depth quarterback. You know, when you're talking about it's 32 teams, 64 quarterbacks, I can't guarantee that I'm about to name 64 quarterbacks better than Mason Rudolph in today's NFL. But the way that we like to portray it at times because it might fit a narrative or because it might fit a storyline that people have created. Yeah. They just roll with that. And for the real, like people that study this game and watch it and understand the nuances, like how is that even viewed as like logical or even making sense? I personally don't get it. Um, To me, man, Mason is a dope quarterback if that's your third guy. Mason's going to be a dope quarterback to push Mitch as the number two guy. Shoot, Mason is still low-key going to be pushing Kenny because Mason comes with a certain level of professionalism. Mason understands how to practice. Mason is a NFL quarterback. It is that simple, man. That's the the biggest part of this to me, too, honestly, is like however you feel about about, uh, Mason Rudolph, right? This is like a, a thing that Ben talked about all the time. How great yeah. it was to have people like Charlie Batch and Byron Leftwich to go back yes. to the sideline and pick the. Yes. Would you rather have Kenny walking off the sideline and talking to Tanner Morgan? Uh, hey, Tanner, uh, what uh, you uh, see on this play, bro? A, a, a rookie, a rookie, you know, who has never taken us, or someone like Mason Rudolph, who has been in the league now for what? This will be his sixth season, I think. Thank you. Fifth, Thank sixth, you. or seventh season. He's started mm-hmm. nine games in the NFL. Yeah. He's got a winning record in those games. Again. Thank you. I no, no, but that, that is, but you, no, 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 Wes, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter, Wes. That doesn't matter, Wes. That does not matter that he has a winning record. None. Wouldn't you, you rather have speak. Kenny talking to that guy no, than a rookie Wes, on the sideline? No, Wes, that does not fit the narrative. Mason is the worst quarterback that has ever put on a jersey in Pittsburgh. That's supposed to be the narrative. That's the narrative that they that's push, just... and that's the narrative that certain factions of Steeler Nation decide to follow, and it's just comical, man. But... It I know makes zero sense. Uh, he lost his he lost his yeah. job to Duck Hodges. Like, That's one I've like, seen a bunch this week. Like what? Okay, great. Would you would and, you rather have Tanner Morgan? Would you rather have Tanner Morgan? That's the did question. Duck, but did Duck not come in and also win games? He absolutely like, did. Yeah. What am I missing here? They make it as if it's a slight that an NFL guy came in and provided NFL production. Huh? <laughs> I just like, Mozi, I I, I can't. I can't get outraged over yeah. a, a third quarterback signing, but I can say yeah. I think he's he's arguably the best QB three in the NFL. Maybe if we have yeah. time this offseason, we'll have to go through and look at him. And, yeah. and see, but a lot and of times, see. a lot of times it does stem from just as we talked about, man, people want to feel like they aren't left out, like they aren't forgotten about. Right. And if they feel right. like a Mason Rudolph is getting this type of attention, this is Correct. the guy they want to tear Correct. down. So it's like, all right. I got, I got to be better. I got to tell. And it's like, no, even though you might be upset and miserable, you still aren't better than Mason at quarterback. Mason is a high level player. That's why he's on a NFL roster period. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's and the all season. 90 guys are on every NFL roster right now, man. Right. 90 guys. Right. That's it. Trust That's me. it. It ain't when you talk about how many talented guys are not in the NFL right now, whether that be because they're retired, whether that be because they don't have a job, whether that be because they didn't get drafted, 
It's a lot of talented dudes walking around. It ain't a lot of dudes better than Mason Rudolph that played quarterback at the NFL level. That's what you got to understand. But I if you want to roll with the narrative that, you know, he's the I know, worst you can quarterback roll with the narrative. Stuff, he lost cool. his job yeah. to Duck Hodges. But right. no other no other team in the NFL <laughs> sign him. He's a third quarterback. Third quarterback, right. six years and of then, experience. And let's also talk about his market, right, in terms of no other team wanted to sign him. And if that is the case, cool. But all it takes is one team. And he did have that one team once to sign him which was the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that actually defeats the whole logic of nobody wanting to sign you. Correct. And if, and if, you know, to take it a step further, if he's that bad, the Steelers have the most knowledge of him because they've seen him every single day in practice since he's come in the NFL. Correct. So if he's really as bad as people have made it, then why would the team even want him back? I, that's where I'm at too. And hey, you know can what? Can we talk about that? Why would they none even want this, him back? None of this guarantees he's making the roster either. Right. Tanner Morgan could go to Latrobe and kick his butt and take his spot. That that's that's certainly a possibility. In fact, you know what? Mm-hmm. I hope that's a real possibility. And we're it's because it give us something else to talk about out yeah. in Latrobe. Hey, who, who you got for QB three? Yeah. This is a real battle going on right now. I'm not finding time to get worked up about this, but obviously we did have to have to discuss it on the show today, as it is a like I said, I a, a move, real though. roster, real roster you know, move. I do too. Yeah, I love the movement. I think that uh, it adds really good depth when you're talking about our quarterback room being Kenny Pickett, Mr. Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and you include Tanner Morgan. You show me another three deep where you feel as good depth-wise. We can make a case in terms of high-end starter talent. Yeah, we don't have a Mahomes. We don't have a Josh Allen. We don't have a Joe Burrow. We don't have an Aaron Rodgers just yet. We're going to see if Kenny can develop into that, but currently we don't. But you look at their depth and you look at our depth, you're not going to find one where we're like, hey, man, they got way better depth than us. Nah. The high end part, that's a legitimate debate. The high end part, we're not going to sit here and act like Kenny has already proven that he's that. Nah. But to act like we don't have uh, legitimate depth that has proven and has won games, all three of these quarterbacks that I just listed have won multiple games, not one singular, multiple, plural. When you have that type of depth at the position, with it also being youth, it's a good situation, man. I I completely agree, and I tell you what, there you know, a lot of teams in the NFL losing their first quarterback and having to go to their second string guy sinks their season. I would think pretty much every team in the NFL, you go to your third string quarterback, and you, I mean, you're blowing holes in your Unless ship. You're going, Fran, right? the, you're going down to the bottom of the lake, and yeah. there's a couple exceptions, certainly. Yeah. And I think we, the Steelers might be Fran, one of them. We see New England. This is one that could do the similar thing, though. And listen, I'm saying if in yeah. this if in this nightmare hypothetical, and it does end up being a situation where where he's out there, I'm not saying the Steelers are going on to win the Super Bowl, but it ain't sinking your season either. Yeah. And I I don't think you can ask for much more than that in a in a QB three. We got to take a break. When we come back here, we got to do a little early, uh, way too early schedule predictions as we'll be off the air uh for the next two weeks, and this will be untimely by then. We'll do that before we catch up with our buddy Brian Backo to close this thing down. Plenty to get to on the Blitz on SNR.